Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I'd very much appreciate it as it will help dynamic people such as yourself to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast, and maybe you'll add it to your library of favorite podcasts. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I'd love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen, a coaching client seeking their second chance, or you're a business or college or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me anytime at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. In this year of 2020, to say the least, we've experienced tremendous amount of change and upheaval in all of our lives. All of us are experiencing this global pandemic, and individually, all of us have carried our own crosses, some more than others, but it's relative because we all carrying the weight of our crosses. Despite carrying those crosses, every day, we have to move forward. Be better than yesterday, hope to be better tomorrow, all while doing our very best today. And what's the formula to doing that, to being our best today? There's really not one formula, but I like to think that one should adapt to change, develop a habit, and we create momentum. We create momentum not only in our everyday lives, but it also is part of our reentry journey. One of the experiences we have when we're looking to adapt to change and develop habits and create momentum is when we start a new job, or if you remember your first day of school, no matter what level it is, whether it's elementary, high school, or college. Looking at something as far as one's first day at a current job, over this past weekend, I was thinking about my first day at my current job. I was certainly nervous. It was a new environment. And I was thinking, was I worthy of this opportunity? I'd gone through at least four interviews. And then I was thinking, Am I still worthy of this opportunity, even going through that process? I know that taking on this job, I was representing myself, as well as representing other returning citizens that may look at an opportunity to come to this place of employment as well. If I succeeded, I certainly would be helping myself. I'd be representing myself very well. And I would be helping those returning citizens that may look to this place as an employment opportunity for themselves. Now, if I failed, I'd be failing myself, and most importantly, I'd be failing those returning citizens that were also seeking opportunities in this environment. Before I took on my current job, I remember at my previous institution, one of the assistant directors of admissions took the time to congratulate me, and he gave me these wise parting words. And those parting words were, don't be average. And when I thought about it, he continued to, as I was thinking about it, he continued to talk to me about don't be average. He said, it would start with coming to work on time. Don't be average. Make sure that you come to work on time, ready to start the day. He said, don't be average when you're establishing a mindset of excellence at work. Would there be something as little as the dress code in which you dress at work? He asked me, is there a dress code at this new place? I said, there's no dress code, not that I know of. But he said, that's okay. You establish your dress code. Don't be average. When you're servicing students, don't be average. In your work performance, don't be average. When I think about those three words, don't be average, it really created a standard of your work speaking for you. 
that the results of your great work will be the habit that you develop. And that greatness is cre it creates momentum. And I like to think in the last 12 and a half years of being at my current place of employment, I've stuck to that motto of not being average, of don't be average. Also, change could also come about when you move to a new environment or a new town. In my first 21 years of life, I was born and raised in New York City, specifically a child of Cambria Heights, Queens, New York. After I graduated from undergrad, I permanently moved to Atlanta to start graduate school. My first few weeks in Atlanta were great. But right around the third week, I started feeling anxious. I started feeling that anxiety that this is now my real home. This is not a vacation anymore. My home base is no longer Springfield Boulevard in Cambria Heights. It was now Cobb Parkway in Smyrna. Driving through Metro Atlanta, at that time there was no GPS. So as I was driving and commuting through Metro Atlanta, I was discovering neighborhoods such as Buckhead, the West End, discovering the MARTA transit system. And instead of counting street numbers like I would in New York, I now had to be cognizant of my directions of north, south, east, and west as I commuted around the Atlanta perimeter. It was pretty overwhelming, this anxiety, until one day, a day, an incident that was pretty humorous kind of broke that for me. And I was going to go grocery shopping on a particular day. Like any college student, I was now trying to do my grocery shopping and think about how I would buy different things that I needed. And my college roommate at the time, Chris, he and I are still very close friends to this day. He accompanied me on the grocery shopping trip as he had to do grocery shopping himself. Now, as I've told you before in previous podcast episodes, I didn't grow up particularly wealthy, but when we bought juice growing up in the house, we just bought juice. And if there was juice to be made, mom would make juice, whether it be powdered iced tea or tang, she would just put one or two scoops and just make the juice. I never thought about how the juice was made. I just saw that it was made. As we were shopping, Chris bought Kool-Aid and he bought a couple of packs of Kool-Aid. He put that in his, uh, in his shopping cart. And so I emulated and said, okay, you know, in my mind, even though I didn't have that philosophy in my mind, you know, success leaves a blueprint. Chris has lived outside of and, and going away for college before. So, okay, he knows what he's doing. Let me get some Kool-Aid. And I asked Chris what I thought was a really innocent question. I said, Chris, how many packs do, of Kool-Aid do I need to make one gallon of juice? Chris looked at me with a strange look. And he said, um, are you serious? And I said, yeah, of course. How many packs do I need to make one gallon of juice, one gallon of Kool-Aid? And Chris goes, you only need one pack of Kool-Aid to make a gallon of juice. And he said, Rich, you can't be serious. You didn't know that? I said, no, I didn't know that. I said, and I explained to him how we, how I grew up, and I didn't grow up with Kool-Aid. And Chris just found it so hysterically funny. It's a story that he kept repeating, and I enjoyed. I got a kick out of it as well. And it's a story that if you ever meet Chris, he'll still tell you that story to this very day about Rich and how many packs of Kool-Aid does it take to make one gallon of juice. In that story, in that humor, it immediately broke my anxiety and got me to adapt to the change of being in a new environment in Atlanta and really developing a habit and momentum to do well while I was there. And it really helped me to just say, okay, well, don't take it so seriously. It'll be okay. This will be, a, be new, a new adjustment for you and you'll do fine. Now, another new adjustment was in an environment that I never thought I'd find myself in. And that was the environment of being incarcerated. My first few nights, it was pretty much a state of shock. 
and a feeling of emptiness that was really rather indescribable. I really wasn't sure what was ahead of me. And even thinking of myself, I thought more of my immediate family as to how they were feeling. And then one day while I was there, there was a call for church services. And a fellow inmate just, you know, encouraged me, said, let's go, let's go to church services. Didn't know what I was walking into. I walked in and it was a Pentecostal type service, lots of energy. And the service was completely in Spanish. So I did not understand anything that they were saying. It was loud, lots of instruments, drums, guitars, tambourines. Really, you could feel that they were singing and praising God. I sat quietly and there was nowhere to sit except in the front. So I sat in the front. So I sat quietly and I really just felt like even though I didn't understand what was going on around me as far as what they were saying, I just figured I'd just allow God to speak to me. A few moments later, one of the women that was part of the, of the church group came to me and she sat right next to me. She didn't speak any English and she asked one of the other gentlemen that was with her to translate for me so she could speak. So he started to speak to me as she was telling him what to say to me. And he spoke, told me that she was saying that she could tell that I did not belong there and asked if she could sit next to me and sing and pray with me. Of course, I said, okay, not a problem. That's fine with me. And at that point, she took one hand and put it on my head, on my forehead, and another hand, and she put it on my chest. She began to pray and sing in Spanish, and she was so passionate, you could feel that God was really going through her. She even began to cry through the singing and the praying that she was doing. When her singing and praying was concluded, she brought the translator back to come over to speak to me. And the translator said to me that she wanted to say thank you for allowing me to allow her to sing and pray with her. And then she continued to say a couple more things in Spanish. The translator then translated that she was saying to him that God will bless you and God will protect you and God will bring you home soon. At that very moment, I was able to adapt to the change in my environment and develop a habit and momentum of being convicted in my spirit, knowing that I would make, make it through this process. At that moment, I felt that God had witnessed to me, that he had reached out to me when he knew I, when I exactly needed it. And from that moment, I held on to my relationship with God ever since. I'll never forget that woman. I'm very grateful to what she did and how she extended herself to me. And that act of simple act of kindness gave me the strength to persevere through that process. As any returning citizen is anxious and excited as anyone to return home after being incarcerated, I was excited to return home as well. But it was an adjustment returning home to Springfield Boulevard. It was an adjustment to start all over. As I indicated in previous podcasts, there was a lot of adapt adaptation I had to do, even though I was surrounded by family. There was new beginnings, I had to develop new habits, and I had to create that momentum. I had to adapt to change, I had to change, develop habits, and create that momentum. That momentum when I, where I would not be average. Adapting to change, developing the habit, and creating the momentum where I would find humor and joy in my life. Adapt to change, develop the habit, and create momentum to allow God to speak to me. It's these pillars in which I find that I've been able to have a fulfilling life in this process in adapting to change, developing that habit, and creating momentum, sometimes in an ideal situation, sometimes in the most non-ideal situation, such as discovering, discovering how many packs of Kool-Aid I need to create juice.
But in these pillars and how you want to adapt to change and develop habits and create momentum, it's really how I was able to optimize my reentry journey. And I believe that that's what you could do as well in your reentry journey. And I certainly would like to do that with you. Once again, if you'd like to work with me as a returning citizen, if, you, if you're a coaching client or representative of a business college or university, feel free to contact me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. I'd love to work with you. So remember, you've been blessed to see another day. You've been blessed with your second chance. So make the most of it. I love you all. Take care and be well. Mm-hmm.